Here we go. Hello, I'm Lise Wilcox, and you're listening to To Call Myself Beloved, the podcast with Lise Wilcox. This is the place to be to find clarity in what you want, confidence in who you are, and the courage to stay true to both. Lucky number 10. Uh, If you listened to my last episode, Beware the Female Empowerment Brand, um, you you would have heard me say that I was really avoiding having that conversation in public. Something I feel really passionately about and knew had to be talked about, but was still having a lot of resistance to talking about it. That was true of last uh, the last episode, and oh my goodness, is it ever true of this episode? Because on this session of To Call Myself Beloved, the podcast with Lise Wilcox, I am talking about the real deal on with divorce, and divorce is the real deal. Let me tell you, um, I after I'm on a podcast or after I've put something on Instagram. Sometimes I'll mention divorce in passing. Sometimes I'll I'll mention something about it. I very seldom talk about divorce proper um, because divorce is the hardest, most difficult, most unpleasant experience of my life. And that is spoken from somebody who had breast cancer and lost her sister. Like that is how intense divorce is. It is the most painful experience I have ever been through. And still, I have so many people reach out to me and ask for help. They ask me for help in like, how did you know? How did you make the decision? What did you do? What did it look like? How did it feel? And my answer is usually the same, that um, I won't talk about my divorce because just like a relationship is a two-way street, so is a divorce. And it's not just mine. It's my family's. And it's not mine to talk about. It's our family's. And I really respect that, um, that bond of privacy. And I also think it is so important to have a general conversation about divorce because a lot of people are hurting. And a lot of people need help and guidance. And unless you know who to ask, it's very difficult to find the right kind of guidance. So that's what we're talking about today, the real deal on divorce. And um, here we go. I mean, here we go. So listen, I don't know how you feel about marriage. A lot of people feel it's an antiquated tradition. Um I'm going to tell you how I feel about marriage, and that is I love it. I loved being married. I love that sacred bond between two people who are who are in it together, and they are taking that vow together in front of people they love, and they are declaring their love for each other. That, to me, is so, so beautiful. And I am profoundly aware that sometimes your intention, I want to say it doesn't matter. Sometimes, sometimes things change. Sometimes things don't work out. That is, that's a part of life. You know, when we intend to buy an amazing house and make it our own and have it be our forever home, then we get a new job that takes us to live somewhere across the world. We have to let go of that house. We are not considered failures. For letting go of that house. We just, people understand that like, oh crap, well your plans changed. 
that's a shame. It was a really nice house, really beautiful, really did great things for you. But off you go. You know, when when I commit to loving a food and I'm like, man, I love tacos. Like they are the best thing in the world. Nothing will ever be better than nothing will ever be better than tacos. Tacos just fill all meet all my needs. Like they they do all wonderful things for my life. One day my taste buds might change. And suddenly, you know, my health requirements might change. My perspective might change. I just might change my mind and decide I don't like tacos anymore. That the way I felt about tacos is no longer the way I feel about tacos. I don't have to eat them again. People aren't going to judge me for that. They're just going to understand that, you know, people change, people grow, people evolve, and sometimes you change your mind and sometimes it doesn't work out. And sometimes something you thought was really good for you wasn't. And as you grow into yourself, you realize you have to make some hard decisions like letting, like cutting tacos out of your diet. That just happens. Then... There is a totally different conversation about we make a commitment, we are in our 20s, we find the person that we think we really want to be with for the rest of our lives, and it feels like, it really feels like we want to be with them for the rest of our lives. And, you know, we start doing life together, and we have kids, and we buy houses, and we renovate them, and we we go through all the challenges that life presents for us. And we realize that we are growing and we are evolving and we are changing. And we are two individuals in a relationship that are growing and evolving and changing. And often we don't do that at the same rate. And so we decide to be very true to ourselves. Uh, 50% of us decide to be very true to ourselves and realize, uh, oh my gosh, this isn't working. Happy enough isn't good enough for me. And I'm going to get out of this. And then we are met with this intense judgment. And we label ourselves as failures. And we think that we are massive disappointments to our families, to our friends, to our children. And we we live with this shame and guilt over making a decision that is ultimately the best one for us to have made. And we reach out for support and often we are like not supported. We are just met with nothing but shame and finger pointing. And A lot of the reason behind that shame and finger pointing is that we are constantly reflecting a mirrored vision of ourselves back and forth to and from ourselves, right? We are all mirrors from one another. So when you make the decision to to end marriage, which I'm going to circle back to in one second because that's not actually a decision that you make. It's more like calling time of death on a relationship than like, oh, I decided I don't want to be in this marriage anymore. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. But when you are the person who like has the courage to be like, holy crap, I am sorry to do this, but I got to call, I got to call it. This relationship isn't working out. When you do that, which is a courageous act, let me tell you, You are going to be met with all kinds of people around you who are using you as a mirror to reflect back parts of themselves. Sometimes they like what they see, and sometimes they're like, wow, that was really courageous, and I respect your decision for really being true to you. Sometimes (laughs) sometimes you get the opposite. Sometimes you get the, the reaction that's like, you are such a traitor. You are betraying us. You are betraying everything we knew to be true. And what you're really doing is forcing them to look at a deeper unconfronted, icky part of themselves they don't want to look at and they take it out on you. And that, that presents itself as shame, as guilt, as as rage, as abandonment, as loss. You know, I have so much I want to say to you. <laughs> where, do I, where do I start? Um, for a lot, let, let's talk about, let's start with how, how do you know? 
this is a question I get asked a lot is how do you know? How do you know when it's time to get divorced? And I will say, you're not going to like this answer, but you just know, you know, if you get to that point where you're starting to do Google searches of like, should I stay or should I go? Or your Amazon wish list becomes like, um, too good to stay too bad to go. When you start to live in that gray area of like, whew, I don't know if I want to be in this anymore. When you've gone through healing modalities, you've been to therapy and you've, you know, you've read the books and those communication skills that you're developing, when when it's not working, when those feelings tell you that you are drowning on the inside and that you have a couple of choices that is to sink or swim, you you know. Your body knows, it will send you messages. Your intuition knows, it will send you messages. And how you react to those messages will also tell you what you know to be the right thing to do. People know inherently, and then it's a matter of what you do with that information. You know, I mentioned just a a minute ago that um, nobody really ends a marriage. Nobody is like, you know what? I am really tired of seeing your dirty socks on the floor. That's it. I want a divorce. Uh, No. It doesn't work like that. If you follow me on Instagram at Lise Wilcox, you'll know that I'm like a huge Sean Mayer fan. And one of his most fantastic songs amongst many uh, is Slow Dancing in a Burning Room. And that is for so many people what the precursor of divorce feels like. It feels like you're slow dancing in this burning room. You know, it always cracks me up when people are like, oh, well, their marriage just fell apart. No, no marriage just quote unquote falls apart. Marriage is a slow burn or divorce really is a slow burn of like a series of, of things that happen that seem inconsequential at the time that over time is just like, oh my God, the entire building is on fire. We have to get out of here. How did this happen? One of my favorite analogies, one of my favorite metaphors to use ever about relationships and about divorce is is thusly. You know, imagine a new couple. They've bought a house and it's their dream house. And they're sitting around, they're sitting on their couch watching TV and, you know, they look over and it's so weird. There's a little crack where there didn't used to be a crack before, just a little crack on the ceiling, in the ceiling rather. And so they do it, you know, you do in home ownership. They get out the plaster and they kind of they patch that little crack. Good as new. Off they go. They don't even think about it again. Well, a few weeks later, they notice there's another crack, and it's in a different room in a different part of the ceiling, and it's so weird. We didn't see that happening. That has no reason to be there, but you know what? Get out the plaster, plaster over it. Oh, perfect. Good as new. A few weeks, a few months later, they notice there's a tiny leak in a totally different area of the house, and so they they do what they need to do. Sometimes they call in an expert to to fix the leak, but they get it fixed, no problem. Um, And as time goes by, they realize there are so many of these tiny little things happening around them, little things that just need to be fixed constantly. And at a certain point, they realize they've patched, you know, 17 cracks in the in the ceiling. They've fixed like three or four different leaks. They've they've had to patch holes and, and do all these other like seemingly unrelated repairs on their house. So eventually they call in the big guns and they call in a home inspector or a contractor and they're like, listen, we have so much happening in this house. We can't keep on top of it anymore. We don't know what to do. And the contractor is looking at them and very honestly is like, you guys, you don't have a series of unrelated problems. You have a giant crack in the foundation. Now, fixing a foundational crack 
is really messy. It's a big investment. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of money. It takes a lot of diligence to follow through and really get to the root of that cracked foundation and repair it. And suddenly that couple is looking at each other and they have a very difficult decision to make. They need to decide, are they going to invest in repairing this cracked foundation? Are they going to take the time and energy and money it's going to, it's going to, cost them both to invest in, or are they going to find a new house? You know, that's what relationships feel like, or that's what that moment feels like when you're really considering one of the most difficult and one of the most, man, cataclysmic decisions of your life is, are we going to invest in what it takes to fix this and heal this, or are we just going to get a new house? Because sometimes it's worth it. And man, if it is worth it to you and you can find a way to to really repair that foundation, do it like over and over again. Do that. For so many people, that cracked foundation, it cannot be healed. It is a it is a it is a crack that can't be healed. It the expense of it isn't worth it because even if the foundation gets quote unquote fixed, they know it'll never be the same and they know it doesn't feel true to what they really want. And that's where divorce comes in. You know, sometimes it feels like for some of us, you go through all the healing modalities and, you know, you read all the notebooks that are full of the things you've tried to like, quote unquote, make the marriage work. And you're like, you get to that aha moment of, oh my gosh, I know it would fix this marriage. All she has to do is radically change her personality. And the flip side is like, I know what it would take too. All he has to do is radically change his personality and then we can make this work. Well, to let you in on a little secret, that is not a healthy relationship. (laughs) Expecting that somebody else dramatically change who they are for you is not a reality. There is is a, a, a theory that we each need three intimate partners over the course of our lifetime. And I mean like partner partners. And if we're very lucky, we meet that person at the right time in our lives and we we evolve together through each of those three phases because that's basically what we need them for is those three, weathering these three different phases of our lives. If we're really lucky, we get all three phases from one person. And that is so beautiful. And I can tell you examples from my own life of people I know who are in those relationships where they meet their person and they evolve together. And if it's not exactly at the same time, it's like a bit of this push and pull where they're, somebody's always got their hand out to help that person forward as they as they do grow and, and go through their own things, Right. I have seen examples of this. It is entirely possible. For many, many, many more of us, that is not the reality. We need different partners at different times of our lives to, to make it through those parts of our lives, to, to like weather this life together. And you know, that's when I come back to my original question about like, how do you feel about the institution of marriage? We are, again, I... I love being married. I think marriage is really a wonderful thing and I intend on getting married again um, to the right person this time, you know, or to the, for, to the right person for this phase of my life for sure. And um, I was, I'm just thinking constantly that we are so directed to make this colossal decision for our future 
very early in our lives. You know, we are really pushed towards marriage and towards meeting the one. Like, ah, you have to meet the one and lock it down. We are so pushed towards that culturally to meet the one, settle down, have kids, do your thing, and like look back on your 60th anniversary and look at what a great life you had together, right? Only thing is, things have really changed. You know, that was a model that really made sense when we only lived to be about 50 or 60 years old. You got married in your 20s, you popped out a bunch of kids, you all worked on the farm together, and by sheer means of survival, like financial survival, um, actual physical survival, you stayed together come literal hell or high water because you couldn't afford to be apart financially or physically. You just couldn't afford the risk. Things have changed. We've never lived longer than we do now. Like we have these longer, healthier lives, more so than in any other point in our history. And our parenting has changed so much, and our world has has evolved so much that our psychological adolescence has actually expanded into our 20s. Like psychologists will now say, you won't, you don't really technically become an adult until you're like 29, 30 years old. So if we're getting married in our 20s, we're basically getting married as teenagers and making these huge decisions for the rest of our lives based on a very child self, a child version of ourselves. So it is no surprise that when you turn 30, 32, 35, 40, that suddenly you have that wake up moment of like, holy crap, what am I doing? And almost everybody that I've talked to, like personally, professionally, client-wise, whatever, will dis- who's been through this experience will describe the experience of like, who am I to ask for more? You know, shouldn't I just be happy with what I have? Well, I did make the commitment, so I guess I better stay. And it's this, it's this concept of like, well, this is happy enough. This is good enough. And what we're not asking ourselves is, you know, like, is this good enough for me? Is this happy enough for me? Or am I trying to live by somebody else's standards of what I think should be good enough for me and how I I think should be happy enough for me? We start to ignore, and I mean, I think this is a bigger problem and I talk about this a lot, but we ignore our own intuition as to what is actually the right thing for us to do in our own lives. Like forget about what is right for other people or what's right for our parents or what we think is right for our aunts and uncles, whatever. We have to do what is right for us, not for our religion, not for our culture, not not for anybody other than ourselves. And I will tell you, if you are a parent, when you make the right decision for you, that is making the right decision for your kids. When people hide behind this bullshit mask of we're going to stay together for the children, it is that is probably the worst thing I think you can do to your kids. Is like that puts your children in the most awkward position because you are now holding them or making them responsible for your unhappiness that you're basically saying, I'm going to suffer through it with this person that I don't particularly like, or maybe even love, uh, for the sake of the children. That means you are modeling unhappiness. It means you are modeling low standards. It means you are modeling not following through on your own intuition. Like all the stuff that we don't want our kids to do, that's modeling the opposite of that. Right. Maybe I got a double negative in there. We have to set an example for what we want for our kids. So if you want your kids to make really good decisions that benefit themselves, that are like true to who they are, that support their own happiness, that support their own joy, doesn't it make sense that we would make those decisions for ourselves? You know, there's this huge culture around judging and shaming people who have been through a divorce who really consider it to be 
a huge failure. And I think that's so the opposite. Anybody who's gone through a divorce will, will can attest to the, the challenge that it is. Like it is so challenging. It is, it is rife with loss and change and transition and starting over that, um, this whole podcast is basically going to be a metaphor. I hope you don't mind. Um, but the other like really visceral and powerful metaphor that I use for divorce is like, is the following, you know, if you want to know what, what it's like to go through a divorce, let me tell you, especially if you're the person who, as I said, like there is no, there's no one person who's like, oh, and this divorce is, or this marriage is over. Cool. No, marriages die. They die this slow burning death. And then we like leave the corpse on the table and it takes one brave person to walk into the room and be like, ah, oh, crap, I'm going to call it. Let's call time of death on this relationship. Right. Here's what it feels like to be that person. It feels like you are walking around in a suicide bomber vest, that you have a hidden detonation under your jacket and you know you're going to you know you're going to press it. You know that as soon as you press that, there is no going back, that you are going to set off a bomb and it is going to change everything about your world that you knew to be true. And nobody else around you knows. So you feel like you're living in like a cold sweat state of anxiety, knowing what you know to be true and also feeling like you're going to vomit over everybody in your presence until you get this done. So then you pull the trigger, right? You have this horrible conversation that results in like, again, time of death is right now. Like this marriage is over. You set off this bomb and everything just goes black. Like your entire world just goes black. And when you come out of the shock of it, you're like, you can hear that ringing in your ears and you kind of start slow blinking your eyes and waking up and you you start to reorient yourself into your surroundings. And everything is smoky. Everything is dusty. You can hardly see, but you're like crawling around on the ground and you're feeling around and you like pick up a piece and you're like, oh yes, Oh, I recognize this. Oh my gosh, yes, I can still use this. And you like take this piece of your old life that you just blew up and you hang on to it. Like you really hang on tight to it. And you're crawling around in the dark and the smoke and it's like so uncomfortable and you can hear people screaming at you and you can feel hear people crying and you're crying because you're terrified and you have no idea how to get out of this. But for right now, you're in it and that's all you can focus on is just being in it. You're crawling around picking up other pieces and you're like, oh my God, there it is. I found that piece of my old life and you're hanging on to that. And you're picking up all these pieces and you're like, some of them, you're like, I can totally use these again. Then you pick up another piece and you're like, oh man, this feels so familiar, but I just, I don't think I can use this anymore. And you painfully have to put that piece down because it doesn't fit in your new life. So you got to put that down. You're, you're walking around, you're hanging on to all this stuff. And some pieces you're hanging on to so tightly because you don't want to let them go. And at a certain point you have to realize too, those don't fit in your new life either. And you got to let those go. And as, as you gather all these pieces and you try to reorient and you get like, you're just piecing everything back together that you knew, you realize some things are still missing. So you got to find a new way of creating that. And, you know, what you knew to be true before doesn't look the same as it, as it used to. And so you've got to reinvent that and reimagine that for yourself. And there are some things that you were sure you created in your old life, but after the bomb, you really can't find them. So you got to start that from scratch all over again. And at the same time, you're just dealing with the chaos and the destruction and the mess that has been made around you all by being yourself and all by living your truth, all with the best intention of like doing what is right for you and for your family. And as you do so, the smoke eventually starts to clear 
and the dust eventually is vacuumed up. And eventually you've got these little pieces of your life that some of them look and feel so familiar and they're so comforting. And then there's so much of your life that you just had to rebuild. And that is a new level of comfort as you come to peace with what has happened and you learn how to move on after this really catastrophic and traumatic life event. If you have been through the same experience, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I think that's like, it's the best, it's the best example I can come up with of what it looks like and what it feels like to go through a divorce. So if you're somebody who's listening to this and you got this far and you have a friend or a family member who got divorced or was thinking about a divorce and, or maybe got divorced when you were a kid and if you're still hanging on to anger and you're still hanging on to judgment and you're shaming them for that, maybe don't. Because maybe it's time just to have a little bit of compassion for somebody going through arguably one of the most difficult experiences in their life. Maybe you could just soften and let them go through that experience. You don't have to support them if it really feels untrue to you, but maybe just soften in your judgment and your opinion and realize that they are doing the absolute best they can and that it's already hard enough. They really really don't need people standing on the side of this detonation scene throwing other stuff at them. They don't need people setting off flares and like trying to knock them down as they're already down, crawling around through the smoke and the darkness trying to pick up old pieces of their life. They don't need people shouting out from the sidelines, hey, you missed a piece over here, or don't forget about this. They don't need that. They really don't need that. What they need, if you can do it, if you're strong enough to do it, they need somebody in there who can help them, who can even just... Just hand them a broom. Or when they fill up a garbage bag full of crap that doesn't serve them anymore, maybe you can just take it away. Maybe you can just be the person that supports them in that capacity, right? Just this quiet bystander who's like, you know what, I know this is yours to go through, but let me just help you in any way I can. And maybe by my quiet presence of just like, I know that you're doing the right thing for you and I support you in that. Maybe that's what you can do. If you are somebody who is going through this yourself who, or who is thinking about going through divorce, again, it's not like this. This always cracks me up too because people are like, oh, you know, when you get divorced, it's really taking the easy way out. No, nah. <laughs> there is nothing easy about it. You know, I think it is probably harder to stay in a marriage with somebody that you don't love or who you are not in love with or who you don't like anymore. I think that's really dishonest. I don't think um, it's the easy. I don't think it's the easy way out to get a divorce because holy crap, is it ever hard and is it ever painful and it, does, does it ever take so much resiliency and like strength and courage? I think staying in an unhappy marriage is a, a slower death, like a slower burn. Um, you know, sometimes I hear people say that getting divorced is really selfish, and that also makes me really laugh because. If I don't love you and if I don't feel loved by you and I choose to be very honest about that and remove myself from that equation, that is probably the most selfless act I can engage in. Because if you're in a relationship where you don't love somebody anymore, you are lying to them. And you know, if you are in a relationship where you don't feel loved by someone anymore and you've, and you've done the work to try to get to that place where you both feel loved and you're both getting your needs met um, and you can't get your needs met, that's the wrong thing to do. To stay is the wrong thing to do. Um, we, each, we are each worthy of somebody who loves us 
exactly as we are for who we are. So if you're in a relationship with somebody you don't love for who they are, you are doing them a disservice by staying. And similarly, if you were in a relationship with somebody you feel does not love you or does not love you in the way you deserve to be loved, somebody who does not meet your needs, you are doing a disservice to yourself by accepting that to be true. You know, we each have different communication skills. If you haven't read The Five Love Languages by uh, Dr. Gary Chapman, you must. It's like 20 bucks. It's the cheapest therapy you will ever read, and it is the best communication tool. I often give it as a as a marriage gift, as like part of a, um, a newlywed present, because it really breaks down the languages of how we each give and receive love, and it is so powerful. I have also had people in my life that refuse to participate in that conversation. And if you refuse to participate in a conversation about communication skills in a relationship, and that could be friendship, uh, family, uh, as, and of course, intimate partner, uh, if you refuse to even participate in a conversation about communication skill, I have a hard truth for you. This relationship is not meant to be. If you can't even communicate about communication, uh, no, it's over before it's even begun, right? You know, divorce is not for the faint of heart. It is not the right decision for everybody. And staying in an unhappy marriage is not the right decision for everybody either. It is a really difficult, painful process. And um, it's a conversation that I don't know that we have in this kind of a real way because as soon as you say divorce, people get really uncomfortable because they think you're going to tell them details about your divorce, which are like none of their business and they are not yours to share. It is an uncomfortable conversation to have. I don't recommend having it. But at the same time, just like anything I, I post here, anything I publish here, this is a conversation we need to have because I don't think we're having it openly or loudly enough that sometimes things just don't work out. It doesn't make you a bad person it doesn't make you a failure if your marriage doesn't work out. I promise you that. If anything, you know, I was on a podcast recently um, with the guys from The Art of the Fail talking about exactly this, about how to repurpose a quote-unquote failed marriage as actually a major success. Because if you've had the wherewithal to go through that horrific, traumatic experience. Oh, yeah, yeah, especially if you have children, it's like even harder and more exacerbated because it's not quite the clean break of a like a traditional breakup. Um, if you have gone through that, you have had the success of being really true to yourself and being really honest with yourself and getting very, very, very clear about what you value and what is important to you. And, you know, as somebody who has been that has been through that experience, I will tell you that I am so excited to be married to somebody again one day because I know I was already a good wife and I know the caliber of wife that I am set up to be now because of the experience that I've had. Anybody who's divorced in theory has all of this all of the tools at their disposal to make themselves a better partner. Not everybody chooses to use those tools. That That's for sure. But for a lot of us, it's like, so I never want to experience that again. So this time, here's what I'm going to do differently. You know, here's how I'm going to communicate differently. Here's what my standards and my boundaries are going to be. And here's how I'm just going to honor 
myself, my partner, and our our relationship to, our relationship to each other, our relationship to God, because I think spirituality plays a bigger part, a bigger role in relationships than we ever give it credit for. I think that like there really is a growth process there, and and true long lasting intimacy does involve this like deeper, bigger picture spiritual connection to ourselves, to one another, and to you know the great beyond. Anybody who's been through a divorce has already hit that bottom place of like never again. And they have all the tools and all the resources at their disposal to show up so differently the next time. That is success. You know, again, to repeat myself over and over again, having the courage to leave a toxic, unhealthy, unloving situation to be able to say, you know what, these are my needs, they are not being met, and I want to be with somebody who does honor my needs. I want to be with somebody um, whose needs I can meet and honor as well in a way that makes me feel comfortable and safe. That is a success, my friend. That is a success. success. That is not a failure by any stretch of the imagination. So, I'm almost out of breath. (laughs) That took a lot out of me. Um, I really hope that the right person hears this. I really hope that this finds the right person at the right time of their life and gives them some kind of comfort, some kind of hand, again, reaching out to kind of pull you through the next phase. People ask me all the time, as I say, how do you know? What did you do? This is the best I can answer you. It is... It is not an easy process. Staying in a a bad marriage is not an easy process. Leaving a bad marriage is not an easy process either. But this is part of adulting. This is part of maturity. This is part of our own growth and evolution is to recognize when a very difficult decision needs to be made and making it. My group coaching is coming up um, very soon. I hope you'll join us. You can check out leesbillcox.ca. And this is going to be a part of the content is how to make a very difficult decision because, spoiler, if you are somebody who has for decades ignored your own intuition, listening to the messages your intuition is sending you is really difficult, especially when it has to result in some kind of um, challenging action to take. So I'm going to I'm going to coach on it (laughs) in in a group setting. I'm going to offer suggestions as to how to really get clear on how to make those difficult decisions, how to tune out the other messages and and like really zone in and hone in on your own intuition to guide you forward in all the right ways. I hope this has been of great value to you today. If it has been, I would love it if you would share it. I I know that's a difficult conversation to have, but you know, for the right people at the right time, I really hope that you will share a photo of yourself listening to this on Instagram, or maybe take a screenshot of what the screen looks like for you while you're listening, where you are when you're listening, whatever feels right to you. Tag me on Instagram at least Wilcox. You can like, share, review, subscribe, do all the things and just, um, and really, really celebrate that this is a This is an open conversation. It's a necessary conversation that we all need to have because we are all having this really similar emotional human experience and it becomes a lot more beautiful when we name it and we we share it together. Um, Thank you so much for being here today. And, And again, cannot tell you enough. You are just so lovely. Thank you.